بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم وصلى الله على سيدنا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا الحمد لله One of the great books of our civilization is known as Al-Maktubat. It was written uh, over 400 years ago by a man who was Sheikh Ahmed Al-Faruqi Al-Sarhindi, who is also known as Mujaddad Al-Alfani, the renewer of the second millennium. So he came at the outset of the second millennium of Islam. We're now in 1436. And, and basically he, he wrote uh, this extraordinary work and I recently received, I had a copy of it, um, and, but I recently received a copy that came to me, it was published in Turkey from Sibqatullah al-Mujaddidi, uh, the great scholar and mujahid that fought against uh, the Russians when they ha occupied his country. Um, it, it's his great-grandfather and Ahmed Sarhindi was also a Faruqi, he's from Sayyidina Omar's offspring. Uh, really, truly extraordinary scholar. But one of his maktubat is the uh, 19th maktub, and it was to Sayyid al-Mir Muhammad Nu'man, and it was about patience and also being content with the decree of Allah. And in it he says, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Fissarra'i wa Darra'i wa Fir'afiyati wal Bala'i Fi'ru al-Hakimi Jalla Sultanuhu La Yakhlu An Hikmah He begins praising Allah, the Lord of the worlds, in, in sarra and darra, in hardship and, and in ease, in times of joy and times of sorrow, times of difficulty and times of ease, and then fil'afiyati wal-bala, when one is in well-being and in, when one is in tribulation. Al-afiyah is a, one of the comprehensive Arabic words for simply well-being. Um, when somebody has the afiyah, they're healthy, but it's also a psychological well-being, a spiritual well-being, it's a, it's a really beautiful word. Al-Bala is the tribulation that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in many verses in the Quran about Bala, that the world is a tribulation, Allah will try us in the world. And the Prophet sallallahu said, Ashaddukum Bala'an al-Anbiya, thummal amthal fal-amthal. That the people that have the most tribulations in this world are the Prophets and then those closest to them. And there's a hadith also, if Allah loves people, He gives them a lot of tribulations. And part of the wisdom of that is that He makes the world uncomfortable for the people He loves because the world is not their natural resting place. It's not a place where they, He wants them to feel comfortable. So Allah will throw difficulties into your life. In fact, Sayyid Nursi actually says that sometimes He'll give you physical tribulations just so that you're uncomfortable in order to want to get out of this world and meet your Lord and be with your Lord. So it says, فِعْلُ الْحَكِيمِ جَلَّ سُلْطَانُهُ لَا يَخْلُوا عَنْ حِكْمَةِ The actions of the wise, Al-Hakim is one of the names of Allah, and it comes from حَكَمَ يَحْكُمُ which is to judge a thing, and you need wisdom to judge, and so uh, whatever he decrees is out of his wisdom. So he says no action of the Hakim is out of, uh, foolishness, it's always a wise thing. And then الصلاح, that God can do something that you think is, is not a good thing for you, but he's actually doing it to rectify you or to bring about some rectification. And then he quotes the Quran, وَعَسَنْ تَكْرَهُ شَيْئًا وَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ وَعَسَنْ تُحِبُّ شَيْئًا وَهُوَ شَرٌ لَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ So he says that maybe 
and this is from the Quran, maybe you detest a thing and in it is good for you, and maybe you love a thing, and in it is harm for you. And, and God knows, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows, and you don't know. So that, that's the operative uh, meaning to take from that, is that you have to trust uh, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that what's happening to you is happening for a wisdom, because he is al-Hakim. So then he says, and this is the advice of uh, Sayyid Ahmed Sirhindi, be patient with the tribulations he gives you, but also be content with his decree. Be content with his decree. Because the sakhat, being angry at the decree of Allah, is one of the deepest sicknesses of the heart. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also be firmly resolute in, in, in your obediences to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and avoid any disobediences. Subhanahu, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. This is what people who believe in Allah say when idha asabatum musibatun. When they're afflicted by any calamity, they say inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi raji'un. We belong to Allah and to Him we're returning. So these calamities are from Him to remind us and to bring us back to Him. قَالَ اللَّهُ تَبَارَكُ وَتَعَالَى وَمَا أَصَابَكُمْ مِنْ مُصِيبَةً فَبِمَا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِيكُمْ وَيَعْفُ عَنْ كَثِيرٌ That no calamity afflicts you except it's from what your own hands have wrought. In other words, any tribulation that comes to us as a species and us as individuals, we actually deserve it. وَيَعْفُ عَنْ كَثِيرٌ And he forgives much. He forgives much that he's doing. And so that's another really important thing to remember is that everything that afflicts us comes from our own selves. And yet he forgives many, many things. So this is one of the foundational metaphysical principles that the Quran um, has. And it's, it's very important for Muslims to remember that because a lot of Muslims now tend to want to blame uh, things outside of themselves and, and, and always look that it's somewhere else. If you, if you read the Quran, what you'll find is that the, the person that blames in the Quran is Iblis. And the person that takes responsibility is Adam And this is why Adam was given the Khilafah, the Caliphate, over Iblis. Because Iblis blames, he even blames Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, bima aghwaytani. Because you led me astray. This is what Iblis says to God. Because you led me astray, I'm going to lead all of them astray. This is a sickness. It's a disease uh, of, of blaming the other for what happens. This doesn't mean that there is not uh, wrongs and rights in the world. And, and a lot of people confuse this because you can look at, at things at the political level, and then you can look at them at the metaphysical level. If you look at them at the political level, you have to deal with them as political problems. So there are oppressors and there are oppressed. There's right and there's wrong. But if you look at things at the deeper level, which is the metaphysical level, it enables you then to grapple with right and wrong in a way that doesn't destroy your heart. But if you forget that balance, it's having bifocular vision. It's having, when you have glasses, uh, some people need bifocals, so you can see far and then you can see close. The political is looking close, but the metaphysical is looking far. And so this is not denying that there are, are egregious wrongs being done by some people against others. 
But spiritually, how do we understand those wrongs? That's the metaphysical question, and that's really what he's addressing here at, at the level. And this was the level that the Muslims were operating on in the past, and it's something that we've lost because we've become a political community instead of a metaphysical community. And by metaphysics here, I'm really talking about the spiritual and the deep understanding of the reason for existence, the reason for tribulation. These are the things the Quran, in essence, is explaining these things, and it takes a great deal of effort to really understand them at a deep level. So he says that no uh, calamity comes except it's what your own hands have wrought. And this is also reiterated in several verses in the Quran. In Surah Al-Rum, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says that ظهر الفساد في البر والبحر بما كسبت أيد الناس that corruption or pollution, fasad has a lot of meanings in Arabic, have, has manifested on the land and in the sea because of what humanity's own hands have earned, because of what they were doing. So this facade that appears in the world is from what people were doing. In order to let them taste some of what they were doing. So the, the corruption that ensues from wrong action is in order for us to taste some of what we were doing, that perhaps they might go back to God, might make tawbah, might ask for forgiveness. So the things that happen to us are to bring us back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is very difficult for people to understand, but this is a reality. And then, uh, and then uh, he says, فَتُوبُوا إِلَى اللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَلَى وَاسْتَغْفِرُوا عَمَّا كَسَبَتْ أَيْدِينَا so, turn back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and ask forgiveness of what our own hands have earned. And ask God for pardon and well-being because those come from Allah, min Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And also avoid calamities and tribulations as much as you're able to because we can actually bring these things upon ourselves. So we bring calamities upon ourselves, and then we blame others for it. Um, it's, it's like somebody who, you know, they eat poorly, and they, and, and, and they, they don't exercise, and, and, they, and all these, they do horrible things, they don't rest enough, and then they get sick, and they say, oh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has tried me with illness. The reality of it is, is you made yourself ill. So if you were exercising, if you were eating well, if you were getting good sleep, if you were doing all the right things and then you get sick, that's ibtida from Allah. But if you aren't doing any of those things and then, and, then, and then you get sick, you have no one to blame but yourself. And that's why the Prophet ﷺ said, مَنْ وَجَدَ خَيْرًا فَلْيَحْمَدِ اللَّهِ وَمَنْ وَجَدَ غَيْرَ ذَلِكَ فَلَا يَلُومَنَّ إِلَّا نَفْسًا that the Prophet ﷺ said, whoever finds good, let him praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because all good is from Allah. But whoever finds other than good, let him only blame himself. This is a sahih hadith. So then he says, don't take on tribulation more than you can bear. فَإِنَّ الْفِرَارَ مِمَّا لَا يُطَاقْ مِنْ سُنَنَ الْمُرْسَلِينَ عَلِهِمْ الصَّرَوَاتُ وَالتَّسْلِيمَاتِ because fleeing from what one is un unable to bear is from the sunan of the messengers, is from the way of the prophets and the messengers. In other words, the Prophet ﷺ, he made hijrah because it was becoming impossible for them to live in Mecca because of the tribulations that were there. 
the Prophet ﷺ left. I mean, he was told by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to, to make hijrah to Medina. But this is a teaching for us. You have in the Messenger of Allah the best example. So this is a teaching for us to understand that the Prophet ﷺ, he fled tribulations that, that he couldn't bear. And he taught people to do this. And this is why when, when some of his uh, soldiers uh, fled uh, a, uh, a situation where uh, they were overwhelmed, the odds were against them, they, the, some of the Sahaba, when they got back to Medina, they blamed them and said, oh, you fled the battlefield. He said, no, they, 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 what they did was, that was the right thing to do. He said they weren't parin, they were karin. They, they, they were people um, going to, to fight another day. And so that's important uh, for, for people not to take on tribulations that they can't bear and to flee from situations that will overwhelm them and test them, and a lot of our young people need to learn this. Um, uh, the Prophet said, the, the believer will never humiliate himself. And Sidi Ahmed Zarruq and others have said that it's when you actually go up against uh, odds that are overwhelmingly against you. And for instance, if you go into a, a combative situation where the odds are overwhelmingly against you, and then you're humiliated by it. Uh, the, 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 the people that you have, you know, there's a story about a man, he, he used to be able to crack a whip, and, um, and he was on, a, he was on a, uh, a carriage, and he was sitting with another man, and they passed by a little gopher, and he cracked his whip and killed the gopher. And then they passed by, there was a, a bird, he cracked the whip and he killed the bird. And then they saw a hornet's nest, and the, and, and the man sitting with him, he said, let's see you get that. And he said, no, 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 they're organized. Right? So you can, you can take out these single individuals, but if you go up against uh, hornets, right, wasps, called wasps. Right? Yeah, people should know what a wasp is, you know, because a wasp is the natural enemy of a bee. Bees are beautiful creatures because they they produce two things, honey and wax. Honey, which is nourishment for the bodies and a healing, a medicine, so it's medicinal. And then wax is what candles are made of that light up houses, they illumine houses. This is what bees do. But wasps are the natural enemy of bee. A bee will only sting you in self-defense. And because a bee is such an extraordinary creature, it gives its life in self-defense for other bees. So it will literally embed its Stinger, it will embed its stinger in the, uh, in, in, in the one that it's defending itself against and die because of that. Whereas a wasp will, will sting you multiple times. It doesn't give up its stinger. So that's something to think about that for Muslims that uh, Muslims are intelligent people uh, historically. Uh, it doesn't mean they're always intelligent, but a Muslim by definition should be aqal. Don't you use your intellects. So, uh, and then he says, we are in the in the world. We're in the, the source of tribulation. The very nature of the world is tribulation. So the world is tribulation. And yet we are in it in well-being. Uh, and this is a great gift from Allah, is to ask Allah for well-being. 
the Prophet asked Allah, that dua was said after every single prayer in one recension. So the Prophet said that dua, I ask you for pardon and for well-being and for continuous well-being and for protection, to protect me in front of me, behind me, on the left of me, to the right of me, uh, protect me from being assassinated or killed from underneath me, like mines and these horrible things. Um, so uh, asking Allah for afiyah is very important. The Prophet asks for afiyah every single day. But ilahi subhanahu alhamdu wa minnatu wa salamu alaykum wa ala sa'iri man al-huda wal al-mustafa. Peace be upon you and on tho all those who follow the guidance and follow, uh, cling to following Al-Mustafa Sallallahu Alaihi Wa Alaihi Wasallam Alaihi Wa Ala Alihi As-Sarawatu Wa Taslimatu Al-Ula Alhamdulillah Jazakumullah Khairan Wassalamu Alaikum Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuh